I don't care what you're going through today. I don't know, I don't care where the church is today. The Lord is interested where we are and He's got our back. Just as He told Paul when we left him last, last week, Paul, get ready to go to Jerusalem because I got your back. He's got Marjorie's back and her family's back. He's got every need in this room because He is God and there is no other and He is faithful to do what He said He would do. Great is your faithfulness. The 23rd chapter of Acts. read the 20 part of the 23rd and the 24th chapter and like I said if our technology works we'll we'll be okay we're going to pick up about verse 6 in the 23rd chapter but perceiving that one group was Sadducees and the other Pharisees Paul began crying out in the council brethren I am a Pharisee a son of Pharisees I am on trial for the hope and resurrection of the dead as he said this, there occurred a dissension between the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor an angel, nor a spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledged them all. And there occurred a great uproar, and some of the scribes of the Pharisaic party stood up and began to argue heatedly, saying, We find nothing wrong with this man. Suppose a spirit or an angel has spoken to him. And as a great dissension was developing, the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them and ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. But on the night immediately following, the Lord stood at his side and said, Take courage, for as you have solemnly witnessed to my cause at Jerusalem, so you must witness at Rome also. When it was day, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than forty who formed this plot. They came to the chief priests and the elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a solemn oath to taste nothing until we have killed Paul. Now, therefore, you and the council notify the commander to bring him down to you, as though you were going to determine his case by a more thorough investigation. We, for our part, are ready to slay him before he comes near the place. But the son of Paul's sister heard of their ambush, and he came and entered the barracks and told Paul. Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Lead this young man to the commander, for he has something to report to him. So he took him and led him to the commander and said, Paul the prisoner called me to him and asked me to lead this young man to you, since he has something to tell you. The commander took him by the hand and stepping aside began to inquire of him privately, What is it that you have to report to me? And he said, The Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down tomorrow to the council, 
as though they were going to inquire somewhat more thoroughly about him. So do not listen to them, for more than 40 of them are lying in wait for him, who have bound themselves under a curse not to eat or drink until they slay him. And now they are ready and waiting for the promise from you. So the commander let the young man go, instructing him, Tell no one that you have notified me of these things. And he called to him two of the centurions and said, Get two hundred soldiers ready by the third hour of the night to proceed to Caesarea with seventy horsemen and two hundred spearmen. They were also to provide mounts to put Paul on and bring him safely to Felix the governor. And he wrote a letter having this form. Claudius Lysias, to the most excellent governor Felix, greetings. When this man was arrested by the Jews and was about to be slain by them, I came up to them with the troops and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman. And wanting to ascertain the charge for which they were accusing him, I brought him down to their council. And I found him to be accused over questions about their law, but under no accusation deserving death or imprisonment. When I was informed that there would be a plot against the man, I sent him to you at once, also instructing his accusers to bring charges against him before you. So the soldiers, in accordance with their orders, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. But the next day, leaving the horsemen to go on with him, they returned to the barracks. When these had come to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they also presented Paul to him. When he had read it, he asked from what province he was, and when he learned that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will give you a hearing after your accusers arrive also, giving orders for him to be kept in Herod's praetorium. Chapter 24 After five days the high priest Ananias came down with some elders, with an attorney named Tertullus, and they brought charges to the governor against Paul. After Paul had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying to the governor, Since we have, through you, attained much peace, and since by your providence reforms are being carried out for this nation, we acknowledge this in every way and everywhere, most excellent Felix, with all thankfulness. But that I may not weary you any further, I beg you to grant us, by your kindness, a brief hearing. For we have found this man a real pest, and a fellow who stirs up dissension among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. And he even tried to desecrate the temple, and then we arrested him. We wanted to judge him according to our own law. But Lysias, the commander, came along, and with much violence took him out of our hands, ordering his accusers to come before you. By examining him yourself concerning all these matters, you will be able to ascertain the things of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the attack, asserting that these things were so. When the governor had nodded for him to speak, Paul responded, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge to this nation, I cheerfully make my defense, since you can take note of the fact that no more than twelve days ago I went up to Jerusalem to worship. Neither in the temple, nor in the synagogues, nor in the city itself did they find me carrying on a discussion with anyone or causing a riot, nor can they prove to you the charges of which they now accuse me. But this I admit to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I do serve the God of our fathers, believing everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets, having a hope in God which these men cherish themselves, 
that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. In view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men. Now after several years I came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings, in which they found me occupied in the temple, having been purified without any crowd or uproar. But there were some Jews from Asia, who ought to have been present before you, and to make accusation, if they should have anything against me. Or else let these men themselves tell what misdeed they found when I stood before the council. Other than for this one statement which I shouted out while standing among them, for the resurrection of the dead, I am on trial before you today. But Felix, having a more exact knowledge about the way, put them off, saying, When Lysias the commander comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion for him to be kept in custody, and yet have some freedom, and not to prevent any of his friends from ministering to him. But some days later Felix arrived with Drusilla, his wife, who was a Jewess, and sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. But as he was discussing righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix became frightened and said, Go away for the present, and when I find time, I will summon you. At the same time, too, he was hoping that money would be given him by Paul. Therefore, he also used to send for him quite often and converse with him. But after two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus, and wishing to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul imprisoned. Well, as we've said before, <clears throat> as we go toward the end of the, the book, this story keeps building. And <clears throat> as we have talked, you know, uh, it started out, uh, Paul was going to the temple just to worship, to do his thing, and he, as he always did. And these Jews from Asia <laughs> stirred, up, stirred up the case. And, and then the Roman commander had to step in. And he was going to beat him. We've talked about this subsequent weeks. But because he said, he said, do you beat a Roman uncondemned? And they said, whoa, we didn't even know you were a Roman. We thought you were an Ethiopian or an Egyptian. And uh, they said, no, I'm a Roman. And so they took him back to, the, to the, uh, the barracks. And then they brought him before the Jews. And he gave his own testimony as we have talked about how the Lord met him on the road to Damascus and how he, he gave his heart to him. And he says, you're going to be a, a minister to me to, to the uh, Gentiles. And, and then they took him back to the barracks and... and uh, the commander says, well, I still don't understand it fully, but we'll take him back to the council, the 70, the Sanhedrin, and let them, them have. And then he appeared before Ananias, and, and then we have the story we say today. And he pulled the trump card, knowing that there were uh, Sadducees and Pharisees there. He said, I'm a Pharisee, and yet the Sadducees had nothing to do with... Uh, with the resurrection and and he stirred up the two he says i've been preaching about the resurrection and so verse 8 as we um, chapter 23 as we talked about last, uh, last week so you can kind of nail this down 
For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. And then he took him back to the barracks in verse 10, and verse 11 is where we left last week. And at night the Lord stood by him, and Bill's paraphrase is, Paul, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to send you to, to, to Rome. Just as you've been a witness in Jerusalem, I'm going to send you to Rome. Paul, I've got your back. <coughs> Great is thy faithfulness. Then this conspiracy to kill him. They 40 people, you know. I got amused in verse 14. They came to the chief priests and elders and they bound themselves with a solemn oath saying to taste nothing. Oh me, for 40 40 grown men are not going to taste a thing until, <laughs> until they kill Paul. Um, <laughs> but in verse 16, Paul's nephew heard about it. He went to the commander and he says, this is what's happening. He says, thank you. Uh, I'll take care of it from here. And he says, by 9 o'clock tonight, he said, get 200 horsemen. Excuse me. Uh -huh. What is it? 70 horsemen? 80 horsemen? What was it? Yeah, it was a bunch. Uh, the third, get 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen. Uh, I, I don't know how they did it. And he says, and get horses for Paul. And they're going to send him to Caesarea. Now, we've talked about Caesarea being on the coast, about 70 miles from, from, uh, from Jerusalem. So in the middle of the night, here they are, they leave. Uh, Paul is surrounded by these 270 soldiers, Roman soldiers, to, for protection. And he wrote a letter, uh, the commander did, in verse uh, 27. When the man was arrested by the Jews, he was about to be slain by them. And I came up with the troops and rescued, learning that he was a Roman. He, verse 29, And I found there uh, accused over questions about their law, but under no accusation deserving death or imprisonment. It, it, Paul has always been <clears throat> true to the law, true, true to the civil law, and yet he's been at counterproductive with the Jews, especially from Asia, as, they, as they've been stirring it up all along. And in this particular case, the, the commander says, I found nothing worthy of death. That's the same accusation they had for Jesus. They, they accused him. Jesus went to the cross because they claim he is the Son of God. That's what, that's what he said he was. Uh, and he went to the cross because of a Jewish cons conspiracy. And we have the same type thing here. Same type thing here. And so <clears throat> um, the soldiers brought him. In verse 33, when they had come to Caesarea, they delivered the letter to the governor and presented Paul. Now, our system of justice today is still patterned by what happened in the first century. Well, you have an accused and you have an, uh, somebody to defend you. And, and you have to have the accuser there. Have any of you ever been to traffic court when the cop didn't show up? And he said, well, you're dismissed. I don't know what the story is. Nobody's done that. Okay. We'll keep, we'll, we'll keep on going. Right. So he says, uh, if you're not accused, no big deal. 
Verse 35 of chapter 23, And I will give you a hearing after your accusers arrive, also giving orders for them to be kept in Herod's praetorium. If you have a note in your Bible like I have in mine, it says the governor's official resident. So he was kept in the governor's residence there. And, and he went on and, and then Ananias came, came down in verse chapter 24, but he, he, uh, he brought a, a lawyer with him. And if this doesn't sound lawyer to y'all, it, it's interesting. Verse, verse uh, 2, the middle part of verse 2. Since we have through you obtained much peace. Now this is the lawyer talking to, to, uh, to uh, Felix, you know. Since, you know, flattery will get you everywhere, you know. Since we have through you obtained much peace and since by your providence reforms have been carried out for this this nation. We acknowledge this the very way in every way most excellent Felix with all thankfulness but that I may not weary you any further I beg you to grant us your kindness a brief hearing for we have found this man what? To be a real pest. You know he hadn't, hadn't done anything he said he just worried us. He's under our skin he's a pest that's what he said and verse 6 we tried to he even tried to desecrate the temple well what was that about he was accused of bringing a gentile in the temple but he saw him in the streets earlier and so they thought well he brought this gentile into the temple they don't have any proof they didn't have any proof and so <clears throat> Uh, but the commander came along and with much violence took him out of our hands. Well, where was the violence? The violence was with the Jews, not with the Romans. That was where it was. And uh, uh, when, verse 10, and when the, the governor had nodded for him to speak, Paul gave his defense. He was accused. Now Paul is giving his his defense and he goes through there he says you've known what I've done and he says I know you also as a as a judger of of the um, of the Jewish nation now Felix there's history there where his his people some of his ancestors were Jews and he very well knew what was going on and how the Jews lived and how they walked and how they talked and what they did. So he says, I know you know what we are. Verse 11, since you can take note of the fact that no more than 12 days ago I was in Jerusalem, and he says, nor can they prove any charges on verse 13, but this I admit to you according to the way. They call a sect. I do serve the God of our fathers, believing everything that is accomplished with the law and that is written in the prophets. In the prophets having hope in God, which these men cherish themselves. And they certainly, and <clears throat> excuse me, they there shall certainly be resurrected, the resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. In view of this all, of, the, of this, I also do my best to maintain a blameless conscience. Uh, and then he goes on after several years, verse 18, in 
which they found me occupied in the temple, having been purified without any crowd or uproar. But there were some Jews. Guess where they were from? Asia. Asia. You ought to have been present to make their accusation. They should be present here. Verse 21. For other than this one statement for which I shouted out while standing among them, for the resurrection of the dead, I am on trial before you today. But Felix, having a more exact knowledge about the way, he knew what they were going to put them off, saying, when the commander comes, I will decide your case. He gave orders to the centurion that he be kept in custody yet have some freedom and not to prevent any of his friends from ministering to him. But days later, after Felix arrived, Drusilla, his wife, who was a Jewish, sent for Paul and heard him speak about his faith. Now this is where it's really interesting. Verse 25. But as he was discussing righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix became frightened and said, Go away for the present, and I'll, I will find time I will summon you. What happened? Exactly. The Lord was convicting Felix for what he had. And what do we do today? We have to, we either run from conviction one way or the other. I was out of college. I was out of high school 17 days when I went to college. I started at Laterno in the summer. And I'd grown up in a Southern Baptist church. I, I knew all the ropes. <laughs> I was invited to go to this little off-campus church and I heard a man preach like I've never heard preaching before. And I went there three times. I went there a Sunday night, a Sunday morning, and the next Sunday night. And I was under such conviction as a young man. I had to do one of two things. I had to get right with God or get out of there. And thank God I haven't been the same since. Conviction. Conviction is a powerful, powerful thing. We, Jack Bethay and I had many discussions about conscience and conviction. I said, I can't divide the line, Jack, but if your conscience is bothering you, you, you pretty much are under conviction. The word, Hebrews tells us, is sharper than a two-edged sword, even dividing the parts that are very difficult to divide. But Felix liked to talk to this guy. He brought up a lot of things. And so in verse 26, at the, at the same time too, he was hoping to get money from Paul. Therefore he used to send for him quite often to, to just talk, to converse with him. He was an interesting guy. And and Felix was right on the edge. Now, in the next couple of chapters, there's another Roman guy there called, oh shoot, uh, Agrippa, thank you. 
Agrippa. And what was the famous statement that Agrippa said? Paul, you've almost persuaded me to become a Christian. So these guys were listening to what Paul had to say, and he was very faithful to say it. Verse 27, two years passed. So when they left him and took him by, by these 270 soldiers to Caesarea, and he went to Herod's Praetorium, it's implied that he stayed there the whole time with some freedom. But they used him as a kind of a political football. And why, why did they do it? Look at the very last sentence of verse 27. And wishing to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. That's not the only one that left him in, fr in prison. It went on. They left him in prison because he was, he was kind of a political football. But God never left the man. He gave him freedom. What was Paul's prayer? I want to go to Rome. I want to witness before Rome. And he is witnessing every chance he gets. He witnessed to the Jews as he was standing there on the steps and he said, I'd like to speak to them. He witnessed to these officials that were there. He witnessed to Felix and the many things that they had to say. And for two years, he was faithful to give the gospel out. Back in Ephesus, he was there about three years. And what did they say? Everybody in the region knew about Jesus. Everybody in the region knew about Jesus. Well, uh, it's time for me to quit because the choir's got to get the choir. So... Uh, We'll pick up here on chapter 25 next week and we're going to quickly, quickly go to the end and it, at the way it's going right now we'll probably be in Daniel about the 1st of March. So we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Okay?